Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of Life Church in Perry, Georgia. Let's join Pastor Tim McLaughlin and go to the message. Tonight, we're going to talk about believe and receive. It's easy, it's catchy, well, easy to say, catchy to say, not always easy to do, all right? So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. So we've looked at some hindrances to receive our healing over the last two Wednesdays. Um, to help us understand some scriptures. You know, we looked at uh, Job a couple weeks ago, and, and there's a lot of people that will, you know, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm living, living the Job life. I'm, I feel like Job. And, and hopefully you learned something a couple weeks ago, and, and that won't ever be a statement you make again. Um, or the, the same thing we've talked about last week, uh, Paul's thorn in the flesh where people have tried to, matter of fact, I was talking to a, a preacher today, and, and it came out of his mouth, and I started laughing. He said, well, what's so funny? I said, go watch my, my sermon from last week. And uh, I said, it, sickness was not Paul's thorn. And he looked at me and said, well, how do you know? I said, well, go to the Scripture. It says right there in the Scripture, it was a messenger from Satan. Well, but, but, and I said, go watch the sermon, you know, study it out. If I'm wrong, come back and tell me. And so, you know, we, we need to understand what the Word says, because if we don't understand what the Word says, and, and so many times we misquote stuff, we'll put stuff in the wrong context, and, and we wonder why we're not receiving. So tonight we want to make sure that we do a good job of proper interpretation of the Scripture. Proper interpretation of the Scripture. So Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray... Believe that you receive them, and you will. Everybody say will. You will have them. All right? So he starts off in verse 23, because y'all are in Mark 11. He starts talking about speaking to the mountain. We can speak to the mountain. What's the mountain? What's, what's the sickness? What's the, what's, the, what's the issue that you're dealing with in your life? Speak to that issue and say, be thou removed, cast into the sea out of my life be gone and then he goes into verse 23 and he says whatever things you ask whatever mountain you just told to leave when you pray believe that you receive then, then you will have it so look at this if I believe I don't know if I've got this here I do if I believe when I pray that's the first thing so when I pray, I've got to believe it. You know, you, you have to pray the word. Here's another thing you've heard me say many times. You need to write this down. The word works, but you've got to work the word. The word works, but you've got to work the word. Okay? And, and so many times, uh, some of us went um, last Thursday and Friday night to the Revive Church and... Uh, um, man, he did a phenomenal job. Uh, Pastor Todd Smith, 
uh, but, but, and both nights were great, but Friday night, you know, he talked about uh, speaking in tongues. I have taught on speaking in tongues, being baptized with the Holy Ghost. Hey, glad you could join us, Brother. Come on in. I'm making Brother Eric feel bad because he's going to walk right down front. But <clears throat> we talk about praying in, in, in tongues, and I've, I've taught on it. I've read tons of books on it. But sometimes, and, he, and the funny thing was my wife even told me, she said, you know, she said, we know that. We've heard teachings. We've heard Dad Hagen teach on that. Pastor Mike Campbell's taught on that. We've heard all kinds and stuff like that. She said, but sometimes I feel bad that I pray in tongues too much because I'm not talking to God in my regular language. But yet, if we, want to, if we want God to know what we need, who knows better what we need than our spirit man, all right? So, so we got to work the Word. So if I believe when I pray, that's the first thing, is i got to believe what the Word says, and i got to pray the Word. Not when I see. When, when do I believe? Not when I see. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. Then I will have what I prayed. Manifestation may take time. Remember the, the and I want to get ahead of myself in my notes, but the, the, the man that was blind came to Jesus. Jesus anointed his eyes, spat. If I spat on some of y'all, you'd never come back to church here. And, and he, he told the man, he said, do you see? He said, well, I see men like trees. And Jesus laid hands on them a second time. It took time. It was, it was, it was something that, that, okay? So we have to believe. When I go to the Lord in prayer, and I say, Lord, this is, this is the diagnosis. This is the symptom. This is what I'm dealing with. But your word says, and I pray the word. I pray what the word says. I must believe. Inst as soon as I pray, I need to believe. As soon as I jump up, I have to believe that I'm healed. But then what we do is we'll run to the mirror, or we'll, we'll try to, you know, if it's my leg, we'll try to test it. And, I, and you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I've been one of those preachers before. Uh, if you've ever been to a healing crusade, and they'll say, Bend over, touch your toes. If, if I'm praying for your back, they'll say, bend over and touch your toes. Or, or if, you know, if I'm praying for your elbow, you know, straighten out your arm. And what happens is sometimes people will do that, and maybe it doesn't work, and so all of a sudden instantly doubt goes into their mind, I didn't receive. No. Did you believe as soon as you prayed it? Well, yeah, but now it's not. No, no. Did you believe as soon as you prayed it? The Word doesn't lie. If the Word says, by His stripes, we were healed, I believe what the Word says. I can't believe what the mirror says. I can't believe what the pain says. I have to believe what the Word says. So if I believe when I pray, not when I see, then I will have. Now that will is, a, is an interesting word right there. If I say I don't see it, therefore I did not happen, that is lack of faith regardless of what I say. So don't say you believe, but then not see and then start doubting. Believe when you pray and not when you see, and it will come. First, you have to see it in the Spirit. 
first you have to see it in the Spirit. Regardless of time, you have to stay in faith. Now listen, if, if I could turn around, and if I had a mirror right here, I could be preaching and getting some good amens because I'm, I'm right here with you, okay? It will come. Believe when you pray, not when you see, and it will come. See it in the Spirit, regardless of time, and stay in faith. The problem is, is we make, we make, we try to make immediately the indicator. And I've preached on immediately, and I believe in immediately. When I lay hands on you, when I pray, I believe for the immediately. That leper came, and it says, immediately. The woman with an issue of blood came, and it said, immediately. I mean, we see immediately throughout the whole word where it was immediately. But there, there, are, there are occasions when immediately isn't right there. And we need to stay locked into faith. But the problem is that so many people jump into doubt, but the Word says it's so. And so we, we need to learn to, to trust in the Word more than we trust in the symptom, the diagnosis, the mirror, the pain. Okay? Go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 12. He says, do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Hebrews 6.12, don't become sluggish. <clears throat> God told Abraham, you will be the father of a great nation. Look in the, look in the sky and count the stars if you can. Look at the sand. And Abraham's like, that's a lot of stars, God. My wife's barren. God said, do you believe me? The Bible says, Hebrews 11, it was accounted unto him. He had faith. He believed. He, he died with two sons. Well, he had a couple more kids because he ended up having another wife after that. But, but not that many. But he believed. He believed that God's word was true. Think about Joseph. God told, told Joseph, he said, you know, your, your whole family's going to bow down to you. He ends up getting sold, goes into slavery, spends all this time in Egypt, probably thinking to himself while he's sitting in jail. Really? But he had faith. He knew what God said, and he believed it. He didn't become sluggish. You can, you can go and you can look at, man, look at Daniel. The prophecies of Daniel. He even reminded God, he said, didn't, didn't Jeremiah say 70 years, God, aren't we there yet? It's 70 years. He believed. We need to understand because we read so much. This, this is what we miss. Go to John. This, this isn't even in my notes. Go to John. John chapter twenty. One. Verse 25, John 21, verse 25. We read this, but we, we often skip right over it. John 21, 25. John writing this, um, let me back up to verse 24. Back up to verse 24. I don't have this in slides, so you just got to read it. 
This is the disciple, talking about himself, who testifies of these things. What things? The things that he wrote. And we know that his testimony is true. John says, listen, I saw it with my own eyes. I'm writing this. You can believe it. Then he says in verse 25, and there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were all written one by one, I suppose even the world itself would not contain the books that would be written. So we want to say, well, but everybody that Jesus prayed for instantly got healed. How do you know? Jesus prayed for some people we don't have written. There were people that came that didn't, didn't always end up in the book. I mean, if you were going to write a book and you were going to talk about the great trip that you went on, you're going to talk about all the great things that happened. You're not going to talk about the flat tire you got on the way to the vacation. You're not going to talk about the bad meal that you had. You're going to talk about all the good things. John writing this, writing this gospel, what's the gospel mean? He's not going to talk about, were there people that were not in faith that Jesus prayed for? I'm not trying to change the Bible. I'm not trying to add to or take away, so don't, don't call me a heretic and stone me after service. But John said there were things that he didn't write about. But we can look throughout the Old Testament, and we can see many times, we can even see in the Apostle Paul's own life, because of that messenger of Satan that continued to hold him back, that things didn't always happen immediately. So Hebrews tells us, don't become sluggish, but imitate those through who faith and patience inherited the promise. What's the promise? We are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. He bore our sickness, he bore our disease, so we don't have to bear them. All right? If faith, if I, in faith and patience, if I have these things, I will receive the promise. If I have faith and patience, I will receive the promise. But I have to have faith and patience. Look at John 16, 24. John 16, 24. He says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will. Say will. Will receive that your joy may be full. Jesus said, ask and you will. You will. The struggle is when we ask and the receiving is not immediate. See, we need to believe that he has heard us and if we ask in faith according to his word, we will have what we ask for in his name. Look at this, 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. I love this scripture. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, this is his will. That's why you got to pray the word. If I ask anything according to his will, this is the confidence that I have that he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, whatever I, we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So John, the same John that wrote the Gospel of John, the same John that spent time with Jesus, the same John that knew and saw all these things, he says, this is the confidence that we can have. That if we ask anything according to his word, 
we know that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, then we should know that whatever we ask, we're going to get those things. We're going to have those things. Now, if you ask for a Maserati, find that in the Word, but it's not there. But if you ask according to His Word, we know that He hears us according to His Word. Does He hear some things that are not in His Word? Yes. But I shared this with you last week. I remember when I first got saved, somebody told me, they said, every, every answer to every question you ask is found in the Word. And I didn't believe them. And over the last 20 years, I've started asking a lot of questions. And I've realized that they're in there. The answers are in here. Some of the answers I don't want, but they're still in there. But when it comes to asking according to His will, when it comes according to asking in heal, for healing, when it comes to, to asking God to touch your body, the answer is, yes, I will. Will. So ask according to His will. The way, you, the way to ask according to His will is to ask according to His word. That's why I've handed out healing scriptures and spent the whole month of October. How many of you got, got a hold of that in October as you got your morning scriptures like, these are all about healing. Did anybody catch that? Okay. I was just waiting for somebody to text back and go, you know, Pastor, all these are about healing. What, anybody, so what, what's the date? Today's the 8th. Praise the Lord. There you go. I've went to theme scriptures. I've gotten a little bored with just random stuff, so now I've went theme scriptures. But So, so you got to have the Word. So that's why I printed these things out and gave them to you. I was going to say you could come to my house, but... Y'all don't need to come, but just trust me when I say this. If you came to my house and you went into my bathroom, I've got them hanging on my mirror. And while I'm sitting there brushing my teeth, I'm going over the scriptures. I'm, I'm, I'm praying them out. I'm getting that word inside. More of it. Brother Allen, can I ask you a question, put you on the spot? How long have you been saved? More than 20 years. All right. How much scripture do you think you know? Quite a bit. Do you think you've forgotten some along the time? Absolutely. I mean, there's stuff that I used to know that I've, I've probably forgotten because I've reread some of it. I'm like, I even had it highlighted in my Bible. Or I go back to one of my old Bibles that's wore out and I had it highlighted and I had to think, and then I've got my new Bible and it's like, it's still there, nothing's changed. I've just forgotten or I've moved on to something else so a lot of the times when i'm putting them healing scriptures up it's stuff that i already know i just need the refresher all right so we need to know the word we need to pray the word and then when we do those things then we can have confidence in the word that he will do it he will john 15 7 John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, he says shall right here, but shall and will, same thing. Same, same word. If you, if you look up the Greek, same word. But what I want you to notice right here in John 15, 7, he says abide. Now, I know I'm speaking to a, to a bunch of Bible scholars tonight. But just in case you're curious or don't know, the word abide in the Greek is the word meno, all right? M-E-N-O. It means to remain, to tarry, not to depart, to be held, kept, 
and continually. Okay? The word abide in the Greek means to remain, to tarry, not to depart, to be held, kept, and continually. So Jesus says in John 15, 7, if you remain, if you tarry in my word, if you don't depart from my word, if you keep it continually, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. We need to not just have visits with God and his word, but we need to learn to abide in his word. I've said this many, many times. But if you don't have a daily reading plan, and if you don't have a daily time set aside to pray, what are you waiting on? That's abiding. I think I said this last week, or at least maybe in my mind it was in the last couple of weeks. You know, I get up, my, my, my body just, I just, I wake up. I mean, we'll go on vacation, and I'll just, I just sit up in bed at like 5.30. Just, I just sit up. And my wife will grunt and like look at me like, and I'm like, so sometimes I have to lay back down because, you know, especially if we're in a hotel room, she's like, you ain't waking me up, we're on vacation. But my body just gets up at 5.30. I just, my mind, I, I don't have an alarm clock. I can't tell you the last time I used an alarm clock. I mean, there have been times where I'm like, hey, I got to get up at 3.30 tomorrow morning to head someplace, and I wake up at 3.20. I just, I just wake up. But because I get up at 5.30, I have usually a set time that I'm in my prayer closet. The room where I pray at, I have a set time. Now, I don't, I don't think God's sitting there going, man, where is Tim at today? But I'm that way. I want to I want to be there. I want to abide in him. Same thing with my Bible. My chronological Bible sits right next to, to my chair where the lamp, where my glasses are at, where my journal's at. They all sit right there. I don't have to go looking for them. I know where they're at. And every day, about the same time, I'm reading my Bible. So every morning you get, if you're on the list, you get a scripture between six and six thirty. And you can, you can rest assured that somewhere in that time, I'm sitting down with my Bible, and I'm going to spend time with God in prayer because I'm abiding, I'm tarrying, I'm being kept continually in His Word. We, we need to spend time. Pe people, people deal with sickness. People deal with tragedy. People deal with all these things. And you wonder why they act the way they act, and it's because they're not equipped. Jesus, Jesus said it. He prom he, it's a sad thing. I, he said, you're going to suffer trials and tribulations in this world. Pastor Frank, fear not. In other words, don't, don't doubt it. In this world, you're going to suffer trials and tribulations. But be of good cheer. I've overcome this world. He's overcome the world, but he has not come back yet. He's, he, I think he's getting his ticket, but he's, he, you know, he's coming back soon. 
But until then, we need to abide. We need to tarry. We need to spend time. So when, when these things come up, when the sicknesses come up, when the trials come up, when, the, when the, the diagnoses come up, when these things come, we need to make sure that we're equipped. If you, if you hear me, and a lot of times I'll, I'll say stuff, um, you know, even back when, when my wife, when Miss Sheridan was, you know, I know a lot of you got mad. I got a bunch of texts and emails. Why didn't you? Da, 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 da. You know, the, part of the reason is I don't, I don't like the negativity. I mean, to this day, when I hear people say things, even in my own family, they'll say something like, you know, how, how Sheridan's cancer? I'm like, my wife does not have cancer. Well, but the doctor said, I don't care. He's a liar. God's word is truth. And my family look at me like, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just trying to tell you, you don't speak. There's power of life and death in the tongue. Don't speak that. When I get a diagnosis, if I go to the doctor, something's not doing right, and the doctor says, well, you, we believe that you have, I say, I rebuke that in Jesus' name, but at least I know how to pray. And I've had a, many a doctor get offended at me. I said, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just trying to tell you, you're not going to speak death over me. I heard what you said. I heard what your little test says. I heard what your little x-ray says. I heard what your little MRI says. I hear what that, but I'm healed in Jesus' name. I don't walk out of there going, well, I have, because then that means I've claimed. They said I have, but Jesus says I am. We need to be equipped. When we know the word, we can then sow the word. When we know the word, we can sow the word. You can't sow what you don't know. I'm being poetic tonight. When we know the word, we can sow the word. So let's look at this. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. When we know the word, we can sow the word. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. And he, Jesus, said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. So look at this right here in, in, in lieu of what the Lord is saying. When we pray believing we receive, you need to understand that's your seed. When we pray believing what the word says that's our seed so i go to prayer i said lord doctor says this your word says this this is the confidence that i have according to your word i'm gonna have it i'm sowing my word right so i declare the word of god that abides in me not just when i pray but in my day-to-day life i i i I declare this word. So I'm sowing my seed in the spirit realm. 
again, remember Daniel. And I'm, I'm not trying to bounce around, but remember Daniel. Daniel prayed. And it was 21 days before Daniel heard from heaven. But Daniel stayed in faith. So you sow your seed. This is the confidence that I have. I can sow my seed. Now, how many of you here have ever planted a garden? So you sowed the corn on Thursday, you ate the corn on Friday. Not quite. It takes time. So when I go into my prayer, and I pray the Word because I work the Word, and I say, Lord, doctor says, body says, but your Word says. So I sow the seed of the Word, and then... I continue to believe for harvest. I put that corn in the ground. I walk by that patch of ground every day. And I say, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And one of these days, you're going to walk by, and it's going to be there. Get you, that's good, isn't it? You just go ahead and run. I'll follow you, sister. Uh-huh. See? Man, I felt that. That's good stuff. Man, we, we need to get this. We get, man, I, I'm all about the immediately, folks. Man, I, I want it now. My wife, I tell you, that's why I'm preaching this, because I'm the most impatient person you've ever met. I pray for it today, and I wanted it yesterday. But you sow the word, and you know that it will produce. When? It will. When? It will. It's coming. It will come to pass, but it takes a period of time. Hebrews 11.1 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that you can only see. I tried. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that I receive. No, no, no. We're getting there. The things that are not seen. I put the corn in the ground. Lord, I don't see nothing but dirt. Walk by it tomorrow. Lord, I don't see nothing but dirt. Walk by it. Lord, I don't see nothing but dirt. But do you believe that the seed, when we pray the word, we're sowing the seed, not only in our hearts, but in heavenly places. And I said, Lord, I've sown the seed. I know that the harvest is coming. I've sown the seed. This is the confidence that I have. The harvest is coming. Faith cannot flow from soil of negative expectations. I don't have a slide for that, but you can write that down. Faith cannot flow from the soil of negative expectations. Faith cannot flow from the soil of negative expectations. Nothing will grow if soil is contaminated by your negativity. Proverbs 23, 7 says this. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. 
So if I pray, Lord, your word says that I healed, I sow my seed, but then I get up and then I go and I look in the mirror and I say, why didn't it work? What I did is I just negated the seed I sowed. Because as I thought in my heart, that's what I have. Everybody follow me. It's not what I see in the mirror. It's not how I feel. Feelings will lie to you. Thoughts will lie to you. But the word is truth. Thy word is truth. The word says, I am healed. Not by what I see, not by what my heart tries to tell me, but by what the Word says. The Word says, I'm healed. So we need to keep faith, we need to stay patient, and we need to be grateful. See, when I pray and I thank God for the healing that I've already sown, I curse sickness as soon as I pray. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. Anxiousness goes against, if I'm anxious, then then I've canceled my, my seed. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Lord, I sowed my seed. The word says I'm healed. I get up. Thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. Get up tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. Thank you, my corn is in the ground. Thank you that my corn is in the ground. Thank you that my corn is in the ground. My harvest is coming. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 1, 20-22. says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him amen to the glory of God through us. Now He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Who established us with Christ? God. God the Father established us with Christ and He anointed us. The anointing breaks the yoke. Who anointed us? God. He's the same God that sent Jesus, God incarnate, to the earth to live amongst us. The same God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. The same God that raised him up and sent the Holy Spirit. The same God anointed us who has also sealed us. He sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Guarantee. Listen, you can't buy a guarantee as good as God's guarantee. I've shared this before, but it's like the kings of old. This is, this is being written, Paul's writing this, during the time of the Roman Empire. When Caesar made a decree, and he put that decree on parchment, and he rolled that decree up, and he dropped wax on it, and he put his ring, he sealed the decree. Nobody could change it. Caesar said it, it was done. Nobody could change it. God says, I'm better than Caesar. If I said it, 
it'll happen. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Every promise in my word, Jesus is the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the word. All of his promises will come to pass in Jesus because he sealed it. It's done. It's a done deal. But when we doubt because of what we see and what we don't have, we cancel what we sowed. When we doubt because we don't see it and we don't have the patience for it, we cancel the prayer that we sowed. We need, to, we need to get so to the point that we know that we're healed as soon as we pray. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. You have to first believe. Not doubt. You have to believe. I believe. All right? I believe. Again, remember, Mark chapter 11, verse 24 says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Believe it. This starts with the word, therefore. Okay, Mark eleven twenty-four. 24. Let's see if I can... Uh, Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Now I'm never going to find my place in my notes, but anyways. He says, therefore, I say to you. Therefore means this is a continuation of thought. It's a continuation of what was before this verse. Everybody with me? So go, go ahead and go to Mark eleven twenty four. 24. So he says, therefore... I'm going to see if I can find my place. Um, so it's back up to Mark 11, 12 through 14. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. How far did we get? Okay. Let's go to the next one. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So let's back up to verse 14. What did Jesus do? Mark 11, verse 14. What did Jesus do? He cursed the fig tree. 
He said it, but he, he cursed the fig. Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. He said it. All right? The word ask, and I just, I just found this out, so here you go. Because Strong's Concordance does not say this. Because um, Strong's Concordance will tell you that the word ask means to beg. And when I read that, I thought, that, that can't be right. I'm not arguing with Strong's. He's, he's been around a lot longer than I have. But I don't have to beg Daddy. If, if, if I have the confidence of whatsoever things I ask, I don't have to beg. So I got to doing some research on this word ask because I didn't like what Strong's had to say. So I started reading some other books and looking at some other authors and some, some other commentaries. And I looked at a couple commentaries, and one, one of the commentaries that I read, and then I found another one that, that kind of agreed with it. He said the word ask is the word demand. It's the word demand. Jesus demanded the tree to never bear fruit again. He demanded it. So in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, he tells his disciples, have faith and demand that the mountain be removed. You don't beg the mountain. Mountain, please. Please, mountain, please. No. He said, you demand. Jesus said, you got to go back. Therefore, he's finishing up. He started right here. It all started because he cursed a fig tree. Now, the thing about this story is, when did the fig tree die? Immediately. Pastor, you're talking about patience. As soon as Jesus cursed it, the roots begin to die. When did you see the tree go? The next day. The next day they saw it. As soon as I pray in faith and the seed gets sown, the disease dies. I have to continue to walk in faith. When am I going to see it? It might be the next day. It might be the next day. It might, but it's, it's, I've already cursed it according to the word of God. And it's already begun to shrivel up. Cancer begins to shrivel up. Sickness begins to shrivel up. As soon as I demand it according to the word of God, it's already shriveling up and dying. I need to just make sure that I stay in faith. Because when I get into doubt, I water it. Y'all with me? So we demand. We can ask the Lord according to his word, but because it is his promise, we can demand it to be done because it's for us. I shared with you several weeks ago, you know, my, my dad built pro streets, built hot rods and stuff like that. So when I went certain places, now I didn't walk in like demand, like I'm Jerry's son, I command, but, but, but I had authority. I could walk into an auto parts store and I can say, I need a starter. And they'd say, they'd say how do you want to pay for it? Put it on my account. And I'd give them dad's number, whatever that number was. Wasn't cell numbers back then, let me tell you that. But whatever his number was. And they said, absolutely, sir. I didn't have to beg them, please put it on dad's account. I just walked in and said, I'll take the starter, put it on the account. And they did it. How much more powerful, 
when I speak to the sickness and say, you got to go. On whose authority, dads? Sickness begins to die right then. When we have pleas in front of our prayer, that is lack of faith. But when we, when we can demand according to the word, that's faith. By faith, believers can claim the answer as having already come. Okay? By faith, believers can claim the answer as, as having already come. I like what Stanley Horton says. Uh, Stanley Horton is a, if, if you've done any, any Assembly of God studies at all, Stanley Horton writes all kinds of uh, Pentecostal literature. Um, I know Miss Vicky did Berean studies years ago. Stanley Horton wrote 90% of those studies. Stanley Horton has one of the only uh, spirit-filled commentaries that's out there. Most commentaries are written by back Baptist folks, good commentaries, but Stanley Horton writes the only spirit-filled commentary. So Stanley Horton says, um, says A, uh, come on, says A, we must come to God with a sincere heart without hypocrisy. Okay? We must come to God with a sincere heart without hypocrisy. Let me try to get through this quickly. Matthew chapter 6, 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corner of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Again, it's that abiding. It's that abiding. So I don't need to be like the, the, the hypocrite, and, and I, don't, I don't need to stand there beating my chest. I know that when I go into my secret place, and I pray, and I go to God with a sincere heart, See, there's a lot of people that, you know, and, and I know none of you all have ever done this. But maybe you know somebody that's done this. That they'll, they'll come to church, and they're the hallelujah queen or king. But then when they're at home, or they're out in public, it's a different story. I've ran into people, again, not at this church, but at other churches, I've ran into people, man, I lay hands on them, and they'll, oh, glory, pastor, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. And then you see them at Walmart on Monday, or I'm going down the aisle, and they're talking to someone, oh, yeah, my, 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 my sacroiliac is, is all messed up and out of alignment, and, you know, what? I have no clue what that is. That's a body part I just created, but. And, and so what they've done is they've just killed, their, that, that's hypocrisy. All right? In church, they're all, you know, hallelujah, hallelujah. But then they're out telling. And a lot of times, it's a sympathy thing. But they don't understand that what they're doing is they're killing their seed. All right? So A, we must come to God with a sincere heart without hypocrisy. B, we must determine an attitude of determination. We must have an attitude of determination and perseverance. We must have an attitude of determination and perseverance. We must have an attitude of determination and perseverance. 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. That, 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 that right there, I have confidence because I'm asking Daddy. I don't have to beg. I just have to ask Daddy. I can demand the sickness to be thou removed. I can ask. I can seek. I can knock. And it will be opened. I will receive it. See, we must have childlike trust. We must have childlike trust. must have childlike trust. Matthew 18, 3 says, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are, are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You ever noticed? Man, you can tell a two-year-old anything. They believe you. I mean, I was a late bloomer, I guess. You can tell, I was five years old. You can tell me, just, you tell me I could fly. And you better make sure that the upstairs bedroom window's locked. I'm believing you. We need to have that, that same childlike faith. We need to be like that child and say, say God says it, that settles it, right? I, I think I shared that with you a couple weeks ago. Somebody, I can't remember who it was, said, you know, God says it, I believe it, that settles it. Take, take, God says it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. We need to have that childlike faith. And indeed, we must submit to God's will. We must submit to God's will. We must submit to God's will. Matthew 6.10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. We don't demand God, but we demand sickness to leave and healing to come because of the promises of God and our faith in Him. There's a lot of power in faith. But just like a person in faith can demand a person, uh, just like a person in faith can demand, a person out of faith can hinder. A person in faith can demand, a person out of faith can hinder. There's a lot of power in unbelief. Remember this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. It says, Now he could do no mighty work except that he laid his hand on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. He could do no mighty work in his own hometown because they had unbelief. He can do no mighty work in your life if you're in unbelief. Unbelief stopped Jesus in his own, own hometown, and unbelief will stop the healing power of God in your own body. We must stand in faith and believe that we receive. I believe that I receive right now. The best way to deal with unbelief is thanks and praise. The best way to deal with disease, or with unbelief rather, is thanks and praise. I already shared with you Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known. 
If you are still anxious, you're in unbelief, but anxious for nothing. You know you're in faith when you're giving thanks and walking in peace. We have an enemy. Even though he's not omnipresent, omnipotent, or uh, even though he's not omnipresent, omnipotent, or um, uh, all-powerful, our enemy's power is limited by God's, but God's power is mighty. The devil is limited. I was watching a, a sermon last week, I think it was Sheridan and I got home one night and we were watching a, a Barry Ben. You know, I told her, I said, as a preacher, as a young preacher, young preacher, <laughs> I didn't get any amens right there, man. As a young preacher, uh, I, I love when I watch older preachers and, and they, they say stuff that I've preached and I've never heard these guys, you know, because sometimes, you know, you're like, you know, I'm, I'm trusting that. So you've heard me preach. I don't give the devil the satisfaction. So I was watching this Barry Bennett uh, video and he was talking about pretty much the same thing. He said, you need to understand uh, that the devil is not all powerful. He, he can't be in all places at all times. He, he, he has... And he, he's going on and he's talking about, and man, I'm just like, I'm getting, I'm like, amen, and I'm shouting to the TV and Sharon's like, what are you doing back there? I'm like, this brother's preaching good. And I said, because he's preaching my sermon. It's, it's good stuff. All right. So we need to understand he is limited. He is limited, but God is mighty. God is all powerful. Look at this, Ephesians 6.10. I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying. He says, finally, brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his you ever just feel like, Lord, I just don't know if I got any more in me? Man, I have. Man, over this past year, I've just, I'm just like, Lord, I'm, I'm just, I'm just whooped. He said, the good news is, he said, it's not your power, it's mine. It's not your power, it's mine. We must resist the enemy by the power of the word of God and our faith. We must resist the enemy by the power of God, by the power of the word of God and our faith. I'll leave that up there. James 4, 7 says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. We have the authority in God to resist the enemy. And he'll flee. When, when you begin to quote the word, when you begin to stand on the word, when you begin to give thanks to God, when you, you say, listen, I believe what the word says, and you walk in faith, the devil will flee from you. We have to resist the devil. We need to understand that there's power of life and death. Proverbs 18 and 21 says there's power of life and death in the tongue. We need, to, we, need to, we need to guard our words, and we need to guard our thoughts. We have the power to curse sickness, and we have the power to rebuke the enemy. We have the power to curse sickness and the power to rebuke the enemy. The enemy be, can be suppressing our healing. The enemy can be suppressing our healing. But we need to take authority and rebuke him. So you need to ask yourself tonight, am I in faith or am I in unbelief? Am I in faith or am I in unbelief? And secondly, have I resisted the enemy? Have I resisted the enemy? What goes in your mind? What's, what's going Because again, if you go back into Ephesians, it's in the power of his might. Well, part of that power that he gave us in the armor 
was the shield of faith to ward off the fiery darts of the enemy. So I can resist the enemy by having the shield of faith. So this is the deal. And this is, this is I'm, I'm closing right here, but this is what I've had, to, I've had to learn and I'm continuing to learn. Okay? If you have been in unbelief, if you've, if you've spoke negative of your seed, repent. Repent. Repent and get back in the Word and begin to speak the promises of God over your life and rebuke the enemy. Repent. I'm just telling you, folks, it's been a hard year. And there's been times where I've, I've cried and screamed and hollered and it's been a struggle. And I've had to repent. And I want to ask the Lord, why hasn't it come yet? But can I just tell you, as I was studying for this this week, I've done some harm to my seed. The good news is, He is faithful. He is just. He says, the seed's still in the ground. And now that I'm getting it right, it's coming. Okay? Look at this again. One more time. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will. When is will, Pastor? It's coming. It's coming. Amen? Thank you so much for listening to the podcast of Life Church. If you are looking for a home church, please visit us at 100 Todd Road in Perry, Georgia, or check out our website at lifechurchga.com.